Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. My name is Kirk Henderson, and I am editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. I'm coming to you on Wednesday morning, March 16th. Tonight, the Dallas Mavericks play the Brooklyn Nets, but before we circle back on that game, it's worth discussing a couple of news and notes around the Mavericks before uh, we get to that game preview. Uh, on Tuesday, Tim Cato published a back-and-forth discussion with John Hollinger on The Athletic talking about the KP trade as well as uh, a podcast that he did with Bleacher Report's Jake Fisher. And, you know, Tim's a, a former Mavs Moneyball guy. He was actually out of there before I was. And him and Tim, him and John Hollinger actually go back and forth about sort of the trajectory of the Mavs. It's worth uh, looking into if you have an ath- uh, athletic um, membership. I really enjoy the athletic, uh, despite the fact that I would like Tim to write more. Do you hear me, Tim? We like it when you write. Um, it's it's interesting. <sighs> Tim and other people seem to think that this trade has reset where the Mavericks are in sort of the hierarchy and how they are able to make sense of their future. Um, Tim, at at one point, you know, makes the argument in this article, and he does the same thing on this podcast with Jake Fisher, that he thinks a a potential package down the road of of a re-signed Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Josh Green and multiple first round picks is a, a a package of value and it's you know at the moment I'm I'm very curious as to what people might think of that sort of trade offer for um available superstar in the future. Not a Bradley Beal, because Bradley Beal is a losing player. But whatever kind of potential superstar makes himself available on the, the trade market by being unhappy with his situation. Um, Hollinger sort of says, you know, the sales pitch for the Mavericks is we have one of the best five players in the league. Um, Jake Fisher responded to that potential trade package is just sort of an eye rolling. It was an interesting back and forth between both Tim and Hollinger and then on audio between Tim and Jake Fisher. Um, you know, right now I'm not particularly worried about future situations because these Mavericks are a whole lot of fun, but the resetting of the roster, moving on from Porzingis and having this this interesting ball handler in Dinwiddie really does give uh, give, you know, those of those of you who like to project into the future a lot more to talk about. Um, this is sort of one of these things I think we'll revisit more in the summer. But the Mavericks had sort of settled into a with with Porzingis they were they had become increasingly you know more like a chore. We've talked about it a lot, but it's worth at least mentioning again just how refreshing this team is to watch on a night in night out basis. There's like a, a sense of of anything can happen in any given night. I mean that Boston uh, afternoon game is just another great example of that. So if you missed either the article or the podcast, please check the show notes because there is um, links to both in there. On the Dallas Morning News on Monday, uh, Callie Kaplan actually posted a, a really good article about um, Luka Doncic sort of making the argument that Dorian Finney-Smith should be all-defensive team. Um, it's a fun post. Again, like Dorian, I really like him in the role that the Mavericks have put him in defensively because while he is a great defender, he's also not necessarily always guarding the best player on the other team. He is a chaotic off-ball defender. He has great instincts, which is one of the things I love watching uh, him playing off-ball because 
he he's able to get in passing lanes, and it's one of the things that makes him such an incredible offensive rebounder. Is just he has like a nose for the ball. I I, I really like Dorian, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see if he actually makes the all defensive team. Um, Callie Kaplan goes through and lists some of the people that that he has guarded really really well this year: Steph Curry, LeBron James, um, Demontis Sabonis. Uh, the ability to guard up is one of the things that makes Dorian Finney-Smith so impressive. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. He's really done a good job with different guys in different nights, and it's, it's really impressive to watch. Um, well, that's pretty much the main gist of the news for this Wednesday morning, but it is at least worth uh, looking ahead here at this Nets game. Um, as far as the Mavericks go, Reggie Bullock is already out uh, for a personal reason, which stinks because I think the Mavericks could have used him just kind of as a warm body against Kevin Durant. Luckily, the Mavericks will not have to go against Kyrie Irving unless they manage to change uh, New York's vaccine mandate overnight. He scored 60 points against the uh, Orlando Magic on the road on Tuesday night, poured in 41 points in the first half, shot like 75% from the floor. Just a real basketball savant-like performance. Um, kind of no matter how you feel about Kyrie as a person, as a performer, he's just an outstanding basketball player. And the Nets are going to miss him on the second night of a back-to-back as they fly home from Orlando to Brooklyn. That does leave the, Ma- the Mavericks having to deal with Kevin Durant, who scored 53 points a game earlier. Um, Durant is, in my opinion, probably the third best player in the league. Had he played more games this year because he's dealt with some injuries, he might be the front runner for the MVP ahead of Jokic and Embiid. Um, along with Giannis, it's, it's those four sort of are in my top, top, top tier. Not to say that Luka Doncic couldn't be in it, so don't take offense to that. It's just Luka's missed enough games and also didn't look very good for 20 of those games. He's just been incredible as of late. Um... I'm really looking forward to this game because it will, you know, number one, it's a a wonderful early, early start time. Number two, how the Mavericks guard the Nets, who are a particularly interesting team. You know, Seth Curry always seems to play the Mavericks very well since they traded, uh, since the Mavericks traded him to the uh, 76ers, and he's since obviously been moved on to the Nets. Uh, We'll get a, a first look at... What could have been with Goran Dragic, and I know he's not shooting very well, and a lot of Mavericks fans seem to think he's washed, but that man can still run an offense, and it's it's just going to be a what I think will be a pretty interesting game. Uh, oddly enough, as of right now, the Mavericks are slight favorites despite being on the road, which says that perhaps somebody else is getting a rest for, for the Nets. Someone else has been injured. It's just an interesting first glance at the odds. Um but that's where we are right now. So Popeye Mavs Moneyball today, we'll probably have a few things up. There was a fun piece on um, Luka Doncic and his history of high fives because he has some, uh, you know, he high-fived um, Marcus Smart kind of on that not, that that foul call that was overturned against Boston on Sunday. And then he just has an interesting history just of things being caught on tape of either him missing high fives, high fives missing him, just some fun stuff. I really enjoyed it. We'll have... A preview up, uh, which should be up right now by the time you're listening to this, as well as an odds post at some point during the day. Check back in with us on Wednesday night as Josh and I will do a recap pod, and then there will be a green room later that evening. Thanks so much for listening this morning. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday, and we will talk soon.